Good afternoon, Crypto Humor. <laughs> All right, man, what's going on? Uh, this is episode 40 of the Beef and Bitcoin podcast with your host, Brett and CH. Can't believe it's been 40 episodes, actually. We're recording the 40th, which is pretty, uh, pretty insane. Um, today's topic, single topic episode, uh, our boy Wrecked Capital recently dropped an article just a few days ago, actually, called The Bitcoin Having Everything You Need to Know. And after reading it, I thought it would be a good uh, a good topic just to go over and shoot the shit on because the halving is coming up sooner than we think in May of 2020. So it's important that, you know, everybody listening and if you're in this space in general, you should really have a good understanding of, you know, what the big, what the halving is, how it works, why it's important and um some of the history around the halvings and then, you know, what that could mean for the next halving. So that's what we're, what we're going to talk about today. But before we get started, what's going on with you? Not that much. Another Monday, another uh, kind of interesting day in the markets, you know, the IPOs. I mean, just to briefly go over, basically WeWork, which is a giant shitcoin, another IPO is basically now, it seems like there looks like SoftBank is going to try to shelf, telling them to shelf their IPO. So it's kind of a big deal because we work as if like if you follow Uncle Jay on Twitter, follow him. If you don't, you're missing out. Basically, he's been saying since day one that this is a crock of shit, which it is. Uh, and it looks like they might not even IPO now, which is a pretty bad sign for the market in general. Like their valuation got chopped from like what forty seven billion, forty nine billion to below twenty billion. I don't know where it's at now. Yeah, it got cut in half. Yeah. At least. At least in half, yeah. 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 Signs of signs of the times for sure. Exactly. But that's the whole point of doing the podcast. So it's it's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess uh, I guess let's let's jump right in. So if you get a chance to read this article, definitely take a deeper dive on it. Um, we'll put the link in the show notes for you uh, for you guys to take a look at. But you know, the first thing I wanted to get into was what is the having exactly? So. Every 10 minutes, a new block is added to the Bitcoin blockchain, and that contains uh, essentially the new group of transactions that have been broadcast to the network. Okay, so currently, miners receive 12.5 BTC in addition to all the transaction fees that are generated for mining each block and adding them to the chain. So that's the whole reason that they're burning up all this electricity because they're confirming trans transactions that are broadcast to the network and um, for performing that service, they receive the block reward, which is a combination of the block subsidy and the transaction fees. So with the halving, every 210,000 blocks or roughly every four years, the block subsidy gets cut in half. So um, as of today, right now, for every block that gets added to the blockchain, uh, 12 and a half new BTC are released to the to the miner that um, adds the block to the chain. Now, in May of 2020, that subsidy is going to be cut in half to 6.25 BTC. So you're going to see that that big supply shock come as soon as the next halving starts. So. One day, miners will be receiving 12.5 BTC in addition to the, to the transaction fees. And then the next day, it's going to get cut in half to 6.25 BTC, which is um, there's no other asset on the planet that, that has that kind of um, 
that doesn't have a a demand response when the supply changes. Uh, Pretty mind-blowing when you think about it. Um, And then the next halving will be the the third halving for Bitcoin, and miners will be competing for even less um, Bitcoin, which, you know, I think that's when people are going to really start to realize how scarce this is. Uh, yeah, that's a perfect chart right there with the having event. So as you can see, and we'll get into this, why, uh, why the having is important. The, the majority of the Bitcoin is already in circulation. It's probably more than 80% right now because when, uh, for the first few years of Bitcoin's existence, um, it, the block subsidy was actually 50 BTC. Then it dropped to 25 after the first halving. And then in, uh, in 2016, it got cut in half to 12 and a half. And now we've been in that 12 and a half BTC subsidy for the last uh, two years or three years, I guess. Okay. So with that being said, you know, now that you have a better understanding of what the halving is, my question to you is what percentage of retail or even large scale investors have an understanding of what the having even is? I'd say a pretty small percentage of people because a lot of people don't look into that part. They've heard of Bitcoin, but there's a good amount of people that just don't like do a little more digging, understand what the having is. Um, or even as you and I have talked before, like Bitcoin's that's just this giant rabbit hole that's opened us up to the current monetary system where we, we don't read about money, try to understand the history of money and why having a high stock to flow ratio is good compared to a low stock to flow ratio like majority of fiat currencies have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something, is, I know, as I've said it before, it's something that slips a lot of people's mind. Even some of the brightest investors in the world don't think about how our current monetary system has put us to the point where we are basically, um, as we said, I, I was listening to an episode earlier of ours, I think it was like 38 or something, how it feels like we're just on the cusp of something huge. You, we don't know what's going to happen next, but it's like, you know it's big. You know, we're going into a whole new decade. Most people don't even think about that. We're going to the 2020s. Um, so it's, it's a big thing that slips a lot of people's minds is how money works you know, how supply affects demand and, you know, in terms of money. And then you get the, you know, the inflation side, you know, you have things like gold, silver, and Bitcoin that are less inflationary versus all these fiat currencies. As we uh, discussed on last night's podcast, I don't know if it's up yet, uh, episode 39, a majority of like emerging market currencies, what are you looking at the Argentine peso, Turkish lira, um, you name it over the past decade have been just crushed by the dollar. Right. And I think that's a good point to when people talk about monetary competition, that monetary competition most certainly does exist. And we see it every day, especially with fiat currencies. I mean, the US dollar. Yeah, I mean, the the dollar has been dominating. Right. Right. And, And people don't really think about that. And I've heard people say ridiculous things like, oh, you know, like that money isn't a big use case. And I think that's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Um, money is arguably the most important piece of technology that humans have ever invented. I mean, it's 50% of every voluntary interaction from one party to the other. So when you're talking and it, it's, I I read a tweet the other night was like, it is the biggest prize ever, you know, to, to compete in that market of, 
of money and there obviously should be a free market for money and we live in a time in a very strange time where there isn't a free market for money but that seems like it's changing as uh, the current monetary system looks like it's crumbling around us as um, you know countries compete to um, degrade the purchasing power uh, of the fiat currencies over time, it becomes more and more obvious why something that increases in purchasing power over time just makes so much more sense. Like why would you'd much rather hold, uh, you know, gold as an example or Bitcoin that increases in its purchasing power relative to, um, like a fiat money, which you lose purchasing power constantly every year, you, you lose more purchasing power. Um, so I feel like that becomes more and more obvious. But I guess that's a good way to segue into why the having is important. Um, and you know, to me personally, I feel like the having is important because it helps drive home uh, the idea that scarcity is pretty important. And I think human beings value scarcity in some strange oh, we way. Do. Like, like uh, high end sports cars yeah. are. Oh yeah, yeah. Luxury homes, you name it, collectibles. It's- yeah. And when you read this article, he kind of talks more about or frames it in a way that the having is what's driving um, the demand and, and scarcity. And I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think humans, for whatever reason, uh, value scarcity subjectively. And that scare and that um, subjective value that you have for scarcity becomes realized over time. So right now there's a small percentage of people who are like, yeah, man, the, the supply is getting cut in half every, um, every four years. And the majority of it is already outstanding. So that's why you have such a high stock to flow ratio relative to other currencies, uh, and not yet there with gold, but we're going to see it get awfully close after the next halving. Um, it just, becomes really interesting to to see even with like rare baseball cards or comic books like if you have a the first issue of the superman comic that's pretty fucking valuable because there's not that many of them around um and it's it's just a piece of paper but the fact that it's rare we subjectively give it tremendous amount of value which is pretty interesting yeah i was gonna mention something um earlier as you were saying about the fiat currency and the money printing uh, the biggest, you know, the people who benefit the most from fiat currency and printing money are the debtors, the people who are just taking on insane amount of debts, which is governments, corporations over the past decade, where, you know, debt levels are at unseen levels ever in history. And they can keep paying them off because they can print more money. Um, and interest rates are still extremely low. Granted, as I said before, when the Fed fund rate funds rate went from 25 basis points to 225 basis points, there was a 10x, you know, basically in the span of a year and a half on the cost of lending or whatever, um, which obviously, which doesn't seem like much, but you know, what you know costs ten thousand dollars now becomes a hundred thousand dollars. What costs a hundred thousand becomes a million, and what costs a million becomes um, ten million. So it's a big deal. Right, right, right. I mean, yeah, it's just really hard to to like think that far ahead. You just don't think it (laughs) like it's going to happen. Um, uh, I wanted to get back to some of the reasons why, why the having was important. Um, 
So we talked about stock to flow ratio early, but I don't know if I did a good job of explaining stock to flow ratio. And basically what that means is the amount of existing stockpile um, divided by the um, the remaining BTC that's released kind of on that on that daily basis or annual basis. So the majority of just and that's the reason why uh, gold has a stock to flow ratio of like I think it's estimated to be between 60 and 65 because humans have spent the last 5,000 years mining the shit out of gold and we've dug up pretty much as all of that we could out of the ground already. So, you know, when when um, the price of gold increases and we start mining more gold, typically that rate of um, gold that's being added to the existing supply is around 2%. So it's not that much, right? So the majority of the gold uh, already is has been pulled from the ground and already exists. And it's very difficult to increase the overall supply of gold because we've already mined the shit out of it. We've already taken most of it out of the ground. Uh, and Bitcoin is pretty similar because the majority of Bitcoin is already in circulation. And there's only a few million Bitcoin left to be mined um, actually over the next like 100 years. Uh, and that's going to taper off every four years and, and get down slower and slower. But it's also important because as that block subsidy decreases that we're going to see again in May of 2020, it's important that the, the network starts to, um, have increased transaction fees, right? Because the miners are going to need to be compensated for securing the network. So we're going to need to see that shift from, the block subsidy, uh, paying the miners the majority of what they make for mining a block to the transaction fees supporting the network. And that really means that demand, uh, Bitcoin demand really needs to go up and the price needs to go up significantly to sustain the amount of um, hash power that we're seeing. But I'm pretty hopeful that that will be the case because we've already seen quite a few blocks already where the uh, transaction fee was actually greater than the block subsidy. And, you know, we've, we've talked about this in the past, the plan B's model around stock to flow ratio. And he did a really good job, um, showing how he, he did a linear regression on stock to flow and it, it's predicting Bitcoin's price after the next halving to be sometime after the next having to be around $100,000, which sounds mind blowing and ridiculous, I'm sure. But it has an R square of like 99.5%, which is absolutely insane. And um, a high R square pretty much means that the linear regression is pretty predictive. And when he applied that to monetary metals, it was spot on another 99.5% R squared. So he uh, he took all of the stock to flow ratio of gold, silver, palladium, and it perfectly predicted the current prices of uh, gold, silver, and platinum and all, on all that stuff. And it, that was like mind blowing to see. It's like, holy shit, like it actually works <laughs> for monetary metals. Um, and then it's interesting to see that it is working for Bitcoin. Uh, I don't know if you have anything else to add for that, but uh, you know, it is pretty. I was just going to say, we were talking about beforehand when we re I was reading through the article, like if Bitcoin does uh 12,000 percent or 120 time X from its 3,200 bottom in December of 2018, we were in the numbers and it's north of 350 K uh, per Bitcoin. 
which will obviously be an astronomical number and drive people insane because that's the cost of a house and people will be pissed. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. And it starts getting into the market cap of gold territory um, today. Uh, you know, by the time Bitcoin gets to that price, I would assume gold will have continued to increase um, as it is a safe haven asset in this point, at least. Uh, that would just be my assumption. Um, but I guess now's a good time to get into, uh, you know, the history of the halving. So in the Rec Capital's article, he does a really good job at bringing out a couple of facts from the past two halvings and some of those takeaways. So I'm going to go over some of those right now. So the first halving took place in November 2012, um, and it took approximately 513 days for Bitcoin to rally over 13,000% from $2 at the bottom to the next cycle top of $270, which from an absolute dollar standpoint doesn't sound like much, but a 13,000% gain is wild. Absolutely wild. Yeah, 130x in the money is very good for <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as Bitcoin reached um, its post-having peak of 270 bucks, the 2013 bear market began and Bitcoin declined 80%. And the bear market was, that was the shortest bear market we've ever seen. And that was just 87 days. And that was in 2013. Okay, and then we move on to the second halving of Bitcoin that took place in July of 2016. So this next one, it took 1,068 days for Bitcoin to rally over 12,000% from $164 of that uh, market bottom to the top of 20,000 that you know you and I got to live through in 2017 which was completely fucking mind blowing bonkers uh so you know a thousand days of bull market is a really long time and when when i sit back and look at it i'm thinking to myself okay well i'm i got into bitcoin in the spring of 2017 and you know i was thinking the bull market was just getting started but in reality it it had it had started in 2016 at that bottom but it's difficult to see like we caught pretty much the tail end of that of that second or I guess call it third bull market. Um, so th these bull markets last way longer than you think, but you have to have gotten your ass handed to you in the prior bull market to like really live through to see the next bull market. So, I mean, I guess you could argue that the bull markets, this next one started already and we got to see the first, you know, 350% move or whatever. But for the next group of normies to come in, they're going to think the next bull market won't have started until after 20K. So I think that's an interesting yeah, um, I mean, distinction. Any other market, this is a bull market. I mean, we went from 3,000 to 14K. I mean, right, right. Uh, it's. Tough to argue. It's just, uh, it's interesting because the halving now is all of nine months away, probably eight months almost now. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's really coming up. It's coming up. It's one of the things we talked about. It feels like the last two years have really flown by. Like, you're like, oh, wow, it was two years ago when it was like shitcoin central. And that's, you know. <laughs> no, yeah, I, you're right. The time has absolutely flown by. Um, and I, I didn't. It was funny when you're in like the middle of the bear market, like when we were time screeches to a halt. Oh man, it's, just, <laughs> it's like it's so slow. Oh dude, yeah, no, 20, feeling so much pain. The it's, second half of 2018 took a while. 
yeah, it, it, it was rough. It was really, really rough. I don't, I don't think most people's hopes and dreams really weren't crushed. Like when we rallied in the spring of 2018, it was like, okay, maybe we'll get something here. And like yeah. we pinged 10K and it, that was like, that's when I was like, well, fuck, we're, we're kind of screwed here. Um, and that was the case, obviously. We went from 10K all the way down to, you know, 3,200. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was brutal. Bear markets are, are brutal. And <laughs> Dude, like, crypto Twitter, no other way it's to get so funny it. how, you remember how active Twitter was? Like crypto Twitter was so active oh, yeah. uh, in the fall of, you know, 2017, summer 2017. And, it, you know, it just became by the, you know, May of 2018, it just died. I mean, it absolutely died. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, it's still dead. And I'm oh, it's even 100% noticing, still dead. I'm even noticing just with engagement on, you know, the crypto humor page and the beef and Bitcoin page on Instagram, it's it's still pretty dead. I mean, people still have really heavy bags that they never got rid of. They didn't do any homework in the bear market. They probably lost a shitload of money and watched their net worth um, go into six figures and then way down. And they just didn't really do anything in the bear market to learn what they needed to learn to get ready for the next, um, the next bull market. And, you know, they'll, they'll come around obviously when the, when the price, um, breaks new all time highs again, but it, it is what it is. Uh, if you're, if you made a mistake, you have to fucking learn just from it, learn from it, like pick up your sticks and hop back on the horse and let's go. Uh, <laughs> at least that's what, that's what I did. I spent all of 2018, reading every single thing I could yeah. on Austrian economics, the Bitcoin standard, as many medium articles as I possibly could. And then all of a sudden you're at this conclusion like, okay, you know, it it's going to work. Could take a long time. I have no fucking clue how long it's going to take, but um, fiat money is fucked for lack of a, I just don't have a better way to say it. And it, that will come to an end at some point or, you know, there's going to need to be a repricing event, but um, and you know, maybe Bitcoin fills that role. Maybe it doesn't, but something will. Yeah. And y you know, that's where you just have to well, really have sat down and done your homework. I think I might mention on episode 39, but Raul Paul Pal mentioned, you know, the scary thing about, and it is in a podcast I was listening to him speak about like the monetary transition that whatever is coming up next, uh, you hope it's not the, the current system collapses and we have to figure out a new one. You hope there's some kind of transitioning period. Yes, yes. Because like if if tomorrow fiat money becomes irrelevant, basically, that's a huge issue. Like everything we know, global trade, banking, you name it, is all done. And yeah, stops. economic activity halts, comes to a screeching right. halt, which is scary. Um, no, like, yeah, it's super like scary. Hong Kong's definitely in recession. As you can't argue. No one can argue Hong Kong's not in a recession now. I mean, people aren't working. People are protesting. And it's killing. I mean, I don't know how big of a tourism spot Hong Kong is. I, I assume it's decently big, but you know, obviously, I actually have a buddy who, who planned a trip. Like he he messaged me yesterday about it. He's like, yeah, I'm going to Hong Kong looking a week. And I was like, yeah, I told him to be careful. It's like, but they planned it in advance prior to the protest. Like it's just something probably planned yeah. like at least eight months ago or something. It's like, well, shit, don't anyways. We bought our flights, but still, it's like, yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see where all this geopolitical tension. Uh, winds us up. Then, then whatever comes next, I don't think this fiat system will make it to the 2020s. I doubt it. Even 2025 seems like a stretch for me. I think they're going to have to start implementing something. Obviously, we've seen gold 
um, being repatriated around the globe by multiple different multitudes of different countries. Uh, Russia and China have been stacking gold like crazy. Is that yep. you know are they looking to you know do something when currents are, you know when our fiat currencies become really really irrelevant because they are in free fall and it's a lot worse than most people imagine. Yeah, no, I think I think you nailed it. And uh, I, I remember Raul talking about that. I think it was with uh, Dan Tapiero. Yeah. And Dan was kind of talking about like he's, he, you know, he the guy's bullish on gold, but now he's also super bullish on Bitcoin. And I have he he went down the rabbit hole in 2018 and told Raul he's like, you better take another look at this. And uh, he said the same thing you just said that you're gonna need a parallel financial system to be built so that you can transition from one to another and and hope that it doesn't get too messy because going from the fiat system just collapsing and then trying to figure out the next system will not be fun for anybody. Um, you want to have those on ramps and different infrastructure being built so that, uh, you know, even you personally, you can take, you know, your, your own sovereign self and kind of transition into that new system and everybody else is just going to have to play catch up. Um, but yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to touch on a few other of these takeaways from the first two halvings that I didn't mention. Um, th these are pretty obvious in hindsight, but it's important to take note of. So the price has historically risen leading up to the halving and many months after the halving, uh, the Bitcoin price has reached new all time highs, typically after the halving some months after the halving, uh, both, both, um, cycles have seen minimum of 12,000% returns, which is completely absurd. Um, but the big difference is that it's taken twice as long for, for, uh, those that 12,000% growth to happen. So on the first having, it only took 500 days around, uh, to get to that 12,000% growth. And then that next bull market that went all the way into December, 2017 took a thousand days. So that's, you know, round up, call it like around three years. That's a pretty long time. So I don't know that that means the next bull market that uh, I'd say we're currently in, if that's going to last, you know, three years into the future, I, I have no clue that yeah. none of, none of this stuff predicts what's going to happen in the future, but it's, it's just interesting to look at what has happened historically. So, I mean, if, if technically if it ran for three years, we'd some somewhere in 2021, I guess the end of 2021, it would, you know, be the end of that run. And that's, I mean, that really isn't that far away. That's two years away. No, I, when you, when you put it that way, I guess that's not as far away as I, as I thought. And if you think, you know, we know the halvings may of 2020. Um, and you know, one of the other takeaways was that the majority of the exponential growth happens after the halving. So if that's sometime after may of 2020 and you still have another year of bear, uh, bull market left, uh, yeah, you're right. That starts putting you towards mid 2021, end of 2021, and bring that back to the beginning of 2019. It's a pretty long time. I mean, yeah, it's that's two straight years of bull market. Although living through the actual bull market, I well, mean, like it seems like it's been insane even well, the past like couple months. Yeah, even like in the 20 whatever 2017 bull market, we peaked at 3,000 in early June, went all the way down to 1,800. So it was like oh, 45% down in the span right. of uh, six weeks or yeah, less. It was, like, it was like a month, you know, total of four weeks. 
And then we went from 5,000 down to 3,000. So, you know, there again, that's 40% chopped off. And then from there, it went pretty ridiculous. But even then, if, you, if I zoom in a little more, there was one more big, pretty big sell-off in 2017. I think around like 7K or 8K, if you remember correctly. Like yeah. We dumped pretty hard. Yeah, it was early November where we dumped from like basically 8,000, 7,800, whatever, down to 55. And then it was a rocket ship from there. It didn't matter because everyone at Thanksgiving wanted in. Right, right. <laughs> I think I'm going to be more like aware of that the next time around. Like uh, when you know, your barber's talking about it or, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's More like common conversation at dinner. Like I'm going to be like, all right, I'm going to start mentally preparing myself that like the top is getting closer and prepare to hold my bags for another couple of years. Um, because that's when everybody was really starting to talk about it and just people who you wouldn't expect to talk about it. were talking about it. Oh yeah. No, every, dude, it was like, as I've said before on this podcast, I have people coming up to me telling me how they bought Litecoin at $100, and I'm just like, and I'd be out of bars, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, it was like over, like, the, the Thanksgiving was a huge, you got oh, change. Yeah. And then yep. it's like, that's back for two weeks of school before finals, and it was like, uh, everyone, you know, and I, I know you experienced it tenfold, if not a hundredfold of me, because of your social media followers, the amount of people that were just like trying to, you know, hit you up for crypto advice. It's just like going through the roof. So yeah, it's right. definitely something like next time, like, okay, I'm sure it was pretty similar during the, you know, the internet bubble, the tech bubble people. With, so yeah, yeah, that was like before my time. I wish, I mean, like I was alive for it, but I was alive, uh, but I wish younger. I would have, uh, uh, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't fucking trading on, uh, E-Trade. I don't need E-Trade probably didn't exist. I think in, E-Trade like, did exist. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. I'm not sure. My, I, I think my my dad participated a little bit, but I doubt he I doubt he made any money. To be quite honest with you, <laughs> founded in 1982, but I feel like E Trade. Yeah, I don't know when they started like their internet brokerage where you could like really trade online. I, I'm assuming people are still picking up the phone and calling their broker to oh, place definitely. trades. That's such a crazy thought. Like how much it it's is. changed. Even like even when I like first really got into like stocks and investing, like it changed so much from the past like 20 years ago yeah i mean well now it's on your phone it's gone from yeah. computer to phone now too which is also very mind-blowing yeah um you trade from anywhere with your freaking cell phone yeah uh all right yeah but then the i guess the last piece that we wanted to get over and the uh, go over and the last piece that rec capital talks about was you know okay we've we've talked about what the having is we've talked about why we think it's important uh, we've talked about some of the key takeaways, but what does that mean for the next having? So, you know, let, let's talk about it for a second. So the next having is expected on, on or around the 17th of May, 2020. So that's, I mean, it, it's really coming up. It's taken Bitcoin over 260 days to rally 340% from, you know, 3150, 3200 bottom in mid December 2018, all the way into that peak of, uh, you know, call it 14,000 ish in, in June. So that means, uh, and this is an interesting point that the Bitcoin's price bottomed approximately 519 days after Bitcoin's, uh, before Bitcoin's third halving, which is very similar to 
before the second halving. Um, you know, again, that's not necessarily predictive. That's more just um, that's just a fact that that's what's happened for the last two halvings. Uh, the the price is typically bottomed 500 days around um, before the next halving that's coming up. So, and they mention uh, a shakeout in the in the article, and I, I you know I pose this question to you. So each time you've kind of seen this shakeout leading up to the halving. Um, do, do you think we're going to see that again? Do you think we're going to hit I think it's inevitable. 15K? Yeah, right. I mean, we've only came, you know, if you say 14K was the top here, the local top um, in June, we've only came maybe 25% off, a little more than that, maybe 30-some percent off it. So, I, or yeah, it's like 33% basically. Um, yeah. You know, I would say... I wouldn't be shocked to see it it's go from, you know, even down to 7K. That would put us 50% down from that 14K top at this point. Um, so you, know. you think we're already in the shakeout, or do you think we have one more shakeout? I, right now, we're, we're trading that range right now. We're trading that triangle, whatever everyone keeps talking about. I mean, everyone's talking about I'll, I'll make it on the chart. Just to, It's just this triangle everyone's been talking about. Bitcoin has been pinging back and forth, and it's just consolidating more and more. And what happens next? I don't know. Right, right. Um, you know, I, I mean, I'm not much of a uh, technician and don't uh, <laughs> don't claim to be, but I, I don't wonder if we'll see that the having talk because nobody's really talking about the having that much. At least, like the the plebs aren't talking about it too much. So I, I don't wonder if they if you know we maybe we break out of this triangle, make another run towards that fourteen fifteen k range, and then and then have like an emergency pullback or, or dump or something that that one more shakeout um who, who knows i mean I, I always think that there's gonna be one more shakeout or pullback or at it least i'm happens. always yeah like i'm always like ready for it and sometimes sometimes it doesn't happen and you're like oh fuck like a bunch of people who were not buying at 8k this last run up because they thought it was going to pull back and then we went straight to 14k and then never got back below yeah. 9,000 pretty much. So like you can really miss your marks trying to, you know, predict what's going to happen. And it, it's just, well, that's it, Peter, it just goes to show you. Peter like, the brand says, um, yeah, yeah. and it's a classical chart. As he said, the pattern doesn't matter until it's, you know, complete, um, right. until it price breaks out to like, it's technically a descending triangle, which is bearish, but it doesn't matter until price breaks out below. If price doesn't break out below and breaks up to the upside, the pat the patterns invalid, as he says. Um, so, I mean, sometime probably come early by early October, we'll figure out what happens. That's what it looks like right now. Until then expect to ping back and forth between basically 9,400 and 10 K and just watch it get tighter. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. As it consolidates, as, as it consolidates it boils up, it's like super scary. Cause the last time it did that last year when it was at 6,000, everyone was like crossing their fingers, hoping oh, it would all pump. And then it didn't. Jump. And then it yeah. just like, I remember one day I just like looked at my, I think it was at like Starbucks and then like just took it. That was right around when we started, re started recording. Yeah. Literally we started recording like a week or two later after that. Yeah. Like at Bitcoin at 4k or something like that. But, um, yeah, it was probably like two weeks later. But anyways, it literally, I remember just looking at my phone and it was like Bitcoin was like at 5,500. And I was like, I just started laughing. <laughs> I just started laughing. I was like, oh, great. And you yeah. just looked at like all the alts. Like Bitcoin was down at like obviously a lot. It was down like, you know, eight, nine, 10%. But all the alts were just wrecked. Oh, it was yeah, just it was like, like, I looked at that. I was bad. like, oh, that's not good. 
<laughs> um, yeah, that was the capitulation there. Yeah. I mean, we, we halved in price. We went from 6K to 3K. I mean, in the span of, you know, a Not month. long, yeah. A couple, it was yeah. literally a month. It might have been yeah. just a tad more, but. So I guess I have another question here that I wrote down. So, you know, we've both taken a look at Plan B's model, stock to flow. Um, I wonder, do you think just the simple fact that the model exists now and people have looked at it and they have they have a tangible price that they can look at, do you think that changes anything? And what I mean by that is, do you think there's an off chance that we could actually front run this next halving? So in other words, will we break new all-time highs prior to the next halving for the simple fact that um, the model now exists and people can un- have a better understanding of it. And, and wasn't it, if I remember correctly, we have we never broke the all-time high until after the halving, right? Correct. Correct. And we've never pumped this fast off of the bottom no, uh, after what, after capitulation. So, I mean, you know, and it's hard to say because if if that article never came out and we never had the model. It seems like a long time. I don't mean to cut you off. It seems like a long time, but it really isn't the next halving. Um and if you think if, if price, if we do go down, we go down and retest the 7K level, we might squander around for a while. And it right. it really, you know, I mean, like here, I'll put a I'll put a line in the chart just so you can see, like it really isn't that far away. I need a vertical line. For, there we go. Yeah. I mean, here's, yeah, it's, here's no, it's not. It's, it's not really, when you look at the chart and you're like, oh, wow, it's really not that far away. Yeah, no. You're like, it, oh, it's a couple real, weekly really candlesticks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you think, if you're thinking weekly candles or monthly candles, it's yeah, not that far away. It really isn't. And when you think about like how long it takes for price action to develop and you know, human greed and fear, it really isn't that far. I mean, things take a while. Bitcoin's obviously in crypto is a lot faster than traditional markets, right. as we've experienced recently. Yeah. <laughs> No, it really is. Yeah, I, I found myself thinking about that the other day. And you know, I'm definitely of the the thought process that the having is absolutely not priced in because not a lot of people know about it and have taken the time to really dig in and figure out what yeah, it is. I understand it. But on the other hand, I mean, I've priced in the having, and I think everybody who has priced in the having is the reason why we're at ten thousand today. Because in reality, when I'm stacking sats. I'm I'm front running like the 2024 having and the 2028 having because like my my time horizons at minimum a decade for this for for Bitcoin specifically. So, you know, it's it's priced in by a really small percentage of the market. And, you know, there's a high probability that maybe uh, we don't breach new all time highs before the next having this time around because just not enough people know about it. But if we do reach that six-figure mark anywhere above six figures. Um, you know, that's when you start getting into that trillion dollars worth of market cap or multiple trillion dollars in market cap for Bitcoin, and it starts competing for real as a safe haven asset. Uh, people are really going to need to do their due diligence, and when I mean people, I mean big money people, whether that be institutions, family offices, high net worth individuals, uh, your friendly boomer that you work with who has like, you know, a couple million liquid assets, like they're going to take a second look and start making these comparisons with other assets in similar size. And and then uh, I don't wonder if maybe having after next, 
when with more people that have a better understanding of what it is and how it works that the having i mean uh that we don't start front running i mean why wouldn't you you know the having's coming now now you know and you realize it's scarce as fuck maybe you're going to start front running that and i think we saw that a little bit in 2019 but you know the the next having hasn't happened yet so we're going to have to wait and see yeah we're i mean we're getting close as we said like it's going to it's going to come it's going to be here a lot sooner than we you know think uh and as as much as you said, like you know, people might be fronting it. I think there's a there's a huge block of people that don't even understand Bitcoin. Besides right. for the fact that it goes up a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like all of it now. Yeah, they're like, oh, it goes up. If I buy here, there'll be more tomorrow or something. Um, we're not at that stage yet, but maybe soon we will be. Um, who knows? You know, uh, you know, anything's possible. I I try not to because black swan events are completely unpredictable. Um, yep, and so. You know, if if equity markets like U.S. equities tank, where does that take Bitcoin? Where does that take silver and gold and other precious metals? I don't know right now. I mean, obviously, you'd like to see them go up. But then again, if we're in a def- uh, deflationary period, that's a mm-hmm. whole nother, you know, bucket of worms that we can dive into about, you know, monetary supply or global money supply. Right, right. What what assets are you willing to give up first uh, in order to just kind of survive, feed your family and all that stuff? It's uh it's interesting to, to like kind of see human action at work and what people are willing to do in those tremendous times of un- uncertainty. And, you know, I'm feeling pretty fucking uncertain right now, um, which is why I'm trying to hold as much cash in Bitcoin as I possibly can, just because things are so uncertain. And some of the, you know, the, the Ra- Raul Pauls, the Dan Tapieros, those big macro guys are are starting to have a closer eye on this and they're they're starting to hedge accordingly and look towards safe haven assets. And you can, for the average person, they can just look to gold and see it. I mean, it's, it's as plain as day on the chart that gold's breaking out and heading back towards, um, I mean, gold's broken out in every other currency besides like the U S dollar. Like it's when we look at other charts, like gold versus, you know, the yen gold versus a bunch of other currencies, it's in price discovery mode at all, all time highs, you know, or just off the recent all time highs. It's only the U.S. dollar where it hasn't been there yet, really. Right. I think, right. Like gold to the British pound, let's see where that's at. Yeah, see, gold to British pounds at new all-time high. Right, right. Yeah, it's a good point to think of. I I always think of things in terms of yeah, U.S. All, dollar. I mean, that's what that, we always do. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, no, yeah. Yeah, it's a good way get, to wrap it up here. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a great way to wrap it up. So, you know, make sure you sit and do your homework on the having. We'll put this article in the show notes, read through it, start to understand it, reach out if you have any questions. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe to this on YouTube. Uh, if you can share this with any friends or anybody that you think would appreciate it, definitely do that. Uh, if you have a minute to leave us a review on iTunes, that would be fantastic. Uh, it really helps helps the podcast grow. Keep sending us your feedback. Let us know what topics you want to cover. Uh, makes it a lot easier for us to prep for the next episodes. But you know, as we said last time, stay safe out there. Keep learning. Make it <laughs> get a job. Make money. Like try to just Sa- survive. Save your money. Yeah, save it, man. Don't like, spend it on save- stupid things. Yeah, there's yeah. way too many kids you spend it on. Like, I, at least my age, I spend it on like, vacations, dumb, you know, going out, blowing money at clubs, and don't think about it. It adds up. So be smart yeah. with your money because the people who are ready to buy things during the next downturn yes. will profit immensely at some point down the road. 
yeah i think that's a that's a great way to finish it off but um yep thanks again for listening peace thank you and please leave likes and reviews and ratings thank you